At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is Saturday morning, and I'm drinking a hot cup of bottom gun coffee from my friends at BottomGunCoffee.com. I have another great show lined up for you, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention my latest leadership book. It's called You Have the Watch, and it's available on my website and on Amazon. In fact, it's already a number one new release and a bestseller on Amazon. I'm really excited about this new book because it's not actually a book. It's a guided journal for leaders that will take you through an entire year of leadership training. There are 50 themes in the book, and each day you will reflect on a different facet of that theme. This journal is designed to be on your desk at work for you to read and reflect on for about 15 minutes each morning. Leadership skills are just like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them, and this journal helps you practice those skills. So if you're interested in this guided journal, go to youhavethewatch.com or Amazon to pick up your copy today. Now, if you're looking for other ways to support what I do on this show, purchase any one of my books at johnsrenny.com. Podcast listeners can use the discount code DEEP at checkout to get additional savings. Well, that is it today. My guest is Kim Troy. Kim is the founder and CEO of Civilis Consulting, which advises leaders in fast-growing businesses. A lot of what she learned about teams and leadership was through her work with wildlife conservation organizations in Southern Africa. How do you lead a team when you're completely out of food and water? What do you do when an elephant herd is blocking your only route back to camp? This was a fascinating discussion about the realities of group dynamics in difficult situations. I know you're going to love this episode. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Kim Troy. Kim is the founder and CEO of Civilis Consulting, a business advisory firm providing strategic sales, marketing, operations, and HR guidance to fast-growth businesses. Prior to Civilis, Kim founded Kimberly Troy Consulting, where she worked with field-based wildlife conservation organizations, primarily in Southern Africa, to improve the utilization of financial and human resources. I am excited to have her on the show to talk about organizational culture and the leadership lessons she learned in the African bush. So Kim, welcome to the show. 
I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. I mean, you're my first guest that uh, spent some time in Africa, and I think that's kind of neat to to learn about. So, yeah, I was excited to have you coming on, especially talking about culture, too, because it's a big issue right now in this great resignation that we're going through. Culture is probably more important than ever. So, yeah, I was happy to get you on, on board and um, happy to get your expertise on this topic. So, yeah. So um, first of all, tell us about yourself. How did you end up going from an exec, you know, in, in executive level positions in large companies to consulting wildlife conservation organizations in, in uh, Southern Africa? So that seems a little bit of a switch in careers. Tell us a little Very bit. Very much. Yeah, it's a rather unconventional career path that I've had, um, but that's kind of my MO, actually. So um I'll, I'll, I'll try to start at the beginning while being as brief as I can be. So, um, you know, I started out my career in, um, in retail, in retail management. I graduated with a degree in business administration and psychology and had a particular uh, interest in management and consumer behavior. And so that retail world was perfect for me and I loved everything about it. Um, I worked for a variety of large retailers and then um, finally settled at Limited Brands, which uh, owns a, a wide variety at the time in particular, owned a wide variety of the specialty stores in any given mall, Victoria's Secret, Lerner, Lane Bryant, Limited Stores, Express, Structure. I mean, the list, you know, Abercrombie, the list goes on. So, um, I had a really great um, uh, experience there and a, a fabulous career. I was at Limited Brands for 15 years, which is a very long time to be in any one company, especially today. But even back then, it was a long time to be in that particular organization and that particular um, uh, career. It's a high kind of known for high burnout and the expectations are extremely high and you really don't succeed unless you... Uh, prove yourself and 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 have to do it season after season, year after year. So um, I loved that. I loved that environment. I am a um, an overachiever, and um, and you know any challenge that's sort of put before me, I tackle it with gusto. And um, you know if anybody says it can't be done, I'm the first person to stand up and say, well, let me figure out how to do that because if you know. I'm sure I'm sure it can be done. We just haven't figured out how to do it. So that's kind of my my underlying you know thing, right? That's just how I behave. And so um, in that environment for 15 years, I I held seven different roles, different leadership roles. I had um, at various times I had responsibilities in in the stores and sales management, multi unit you know geographically dispersed sale uh, sales management roles. Um, I came to our corporate office in Columbus um, uh, to head up our first to, to head up a special projects, um, a team of special project leaders that where we just did that. We tackled a variety of kind of organizational development projects. Um, and then I uh, led our human resources department. And then ultimately, I created a new function or led an, a newly created function, which was a store operations function. So I held a lot of different roles and really earned kind of a reputation as a, um, you know, if nobody else will do it, Kim will do it <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I loved everything about it. I was, like I said, a super successful um, you know, awards on the wall, you know, lots of promotions, all of that. So 
that was my world. That was my career. That was my universe. And, um, you know, I believed that that was it. I mean, that, that I had, you know, that, that I was achieving all of this fabulous success and having this amazing impact. And then, um, for, uh, my, my husband's and my 10th anniversary, we took a trip to Zimbabwe on a walking safari and we were for three weeks, we were immersed in the African Zimbabwe bush. Um, we had, uh, there were just two other couples with us. So it was just a, a small group of six and we hiked through the most wild places on earth um, among, you know, elephants and leopards and lions and hyenas and um, on foot um, or in canoe, which was a very um, immersive experience to say the least in that, in that kind of environment. Um, we had armed guides with us, so we were safe, but, um, but nonetheless, I mean, there were lots of, um, you know, lots of very um, exciting um, perspective building experiences that we had, um, you know, when you spend that amount of time like that in a very, very wild place. And you learn a lot of things about the world and about yourself and um, that, you know, you learn uh, how vulnerable we, you know, we are as a human species. Um, we kind of go through our lives in most cases feeling like we're, we're in all, you know, we're completely in control of everything and we are sort of the masters of our universe. And when you go into an environment like that, you realize, oh, it's not, the world is not really like that, that, you know, we are, um, you know, uh, but a kind of a small um, speck, you know, in this ecosystem that that really is what the rest of the world really is like. So it was just this very interesting perspective building experience. And so came back, you know, had my three week vacation, came back uh, to my regular job and had this really weird experience trying to fit back in to my regular life and feel like the work I was doing back in my career at the limited was important, feeling like it, I was making a difference. And while I knew I had made huge differences, I had the awards on my wall to prove it. I knew that, you know, um, I was making a difference for this company and for our customers, but, you know, I started to question whether I was really having a greater, more meaningful impact. So, um, I, you know, it took me a while to kind of get back into the swing of things. And I, you know, I did. And then, um, I had, because I'd been there for so long, I got quite a bit of vacation time, um, you know, accrued. And so I started taking my vacations and went back, would go back to Africa, go back to different, mostly Southern Africa is where I spent most of my time. So, um, that first trip was to Zimbabwe. I took a, another trip or two back to Zimbabwe, but also to Botswana and Namibia and South Africa those were kind of my, my go-to countries. And so started going back and volunteering at conservation organizations, because I really wanted to understand more about what the people were doing there that were helping to, helping to preserve this most, these most wild places and these very, um, you know, uh, meaningful places that I, that had had such a profound effect on me. So wanted to really understand what that conservation work looked like. And so started volunteering at these organizations and then would go back to my regular, you know, my, my, my first world life. Um, and, um, you know, kind of have this weird dissonance going back and forth. And so over the next few years, I, um, I actually tried to, tried to quit. I tried to resign 
from my role uh, and didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Instead, I just felt like I wasn't finding meaning in my career anymore. I felt I had kind of done everything. I had accomplished a great deal. I was very well compensated. I was very highly thought of. Um, I I know that I had a lot of impact, like I said, on my my on our shareholders, on you know, on my customers, and and on the people that I that I supervised. I mean, over over those years, I I had tremendous impact. I know on thousands of of associates. So I I knew that that my work was meaningful, but it just wasn't quite meaningful in the same ways that I had experienced in these very wild places. And so I um, eventually on September 11th, 2001 is when I, it, that was sort of my, my moment that, I mean, we all had moments obviously that day and we all had things that, um, you know, kind of put life and put things into perspective. And for me, that was the day where I thought, you know, this is a sign for me anyway, it's a sign that I, I'm maybe meant to do something different. And um, so that's when I, 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 I didn't leave then I, I stayed through the rest of the quarter through the rest of the year to finish out my, some of my goals that I had set and, you know, make sure that I achieved everything before I left. But then I left and then I said, okay, now what, you know, so I started uh, working with um, the board leaders uh, that were like the funding arms of these conservation organizations. And they would engage me to go over there to Africa and work in the field with these conservation organizations and help them build organizational capacity, help them utilize their resources, their, their people resources and their financial resources more effectively. Um, it was all the things that I had learned how to do in this very large corporation selling jeans and sweaters. And now I was just able to take those skills and transfer them into a different setting, but still help these organizations, you know, have a greater impact. So that's how I made that. That's how I made that switch. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, I did 22 years in corporate, and I think you're right. I think the flame goes out at some point where you're just like, oh, you know, I've, I've done, I've been there, done that, I've achieved great things, but, you know, I want to make a bigger dent in the universe, right? So I've, I've been helping someone else make a dent. I want to do my own dent. And it sounds like that's what that went through your mind as well uh, on 9 11. So, yeah, that's wild. And so you go from Ohio to Africa into the bush, someplace you're, you know, probably not naturally, uh, it's, it's not natural for you to be there, but it just, it drew you there. It just kept, it sounds like it kept drawing you, you there. And, yeah. um, you know, one of the things that, you know, when, during the introduction, I, I, we talked about some of the lessons you learned dealing with um, the people of Africa and the people of, in these conservation organizations. What are, what are some of those that are maybe unique that were different from your corporate life that you saw you know, in on the ground in these really unique wild environments. What were some of those leadership lessons that you learned? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but I mean, you know, a few that come to mind. I mean, the first of all, we were we were working in very rough conditions. We were really, I mean, these conservation organizations are where these wild animals are. The animals that you're conserving, it could, you know, it was a vulture, a species of vulture, or it was a, a cheetahs or lions, um, rhinos. So the, these, um, you know, these conservation organizations are there in the field, 
Um, they're researchers, they're educators, they're a lot of them are working with the local communities on, on issues of coexistence to, to, you know, to, to help people to understand the value of these wild, um, you know, these wild creatures and these wild ecosystems. And um, so there was just, there was a lot of work, but it was all in this very remote and very rough location. So we were, you know, we were living um, uh, in some cases, you know, we were living in barrack-like, you know, buildings, or we were, you know, we were in something they call rendezvous, which are kind of, you know, kind of mud hut type of things. Um, I mean, they're, they have roofs and things like that, but, you know, we were living out out in very remote places. Um, there were times when we would run out of water. There were times when we would have, you know, um, spitting cobras, you know, blocking our <laughs> blocking our paths, you know, and trying to get from one place to the next. There were, you know, there were lots of situations where there were um, animals that were um, that were uh, injured uh, in some way. You know, we had you know lots of situations where we had to humanely dispatch, you know, animals. I'm probably the only, um, I I might be the only organizational development consultant that has done a necropsy on a cheetah. (laughs) So, so, you know, there were lots of really wild um, uh, experiences that you have in that kind of environment. And in many cases, not only are you trying to, I mean, you are trying to survive. You're trying, you know, I mean, I would go days without a shower. I would, there were sometimes when we had no water and we had to figure out how, what we're going to do about that <laughs> or food, right? Like our food supplies, uh, you know, would run out um, or get pretty sparse before the next, you know, the next truck was going to town to get an, you know, get a new supply of food. So we had to get really creative about how we were, how we were going to work together. And we had work to do. We had, you know, we had just, you know, we were all living together and, um, you know, in these really rough conditions. And these were, People from all over the world. Um, it didn't, you know. I mean, people from much, you know, very di- disparate backgrounds, different countries, spoke different languages. These were volunteers and staff members that came from all over the world to work in, you know, in this environment to bring their own skills into, you know, into the environment, all for a common goal. And so that was one of the first things that I learned is that, um, you know. When you have a truly diverse team, and this, I mean, diverse in every way this this was, right? I mean, everybody had different skill sets. Everybody had different perspectives, um, different backgrounds. Um, everybody has something fabulous and useful to offer. And it may not be what's in their job description. It may be, you know, that somebody knows, like I said, how to do a necropsy or somebody knows how to skin you know, an animal that, you know, that we're going to use for that, that skin for a conservation um, or for an educational um, program that we're going to give, you know, for the local school kids. And, you know, that wasn't in somebody's job description to go, you know, skin an aardwolf, but it had to happen, it had to be done. So somebody's going to go do it, right? So there are, there, there's just something to be said about embracing um, diversity and really um, understanding the value of, of that diversity and that everybody has a voice, everybody has something to offer, no matter what the situation is, no matter, you know, what, what the goals are. So that was one of the first lessons that I learned. I think another one is that um, 
like I said, you know, we, every day we encountered some kind of adversity. I mean, nothing ever, nothing ever went according to plan. There's there's not a day that, you know, that everything went, went properly. I mean, our, you know, our vehicles would break down all the time and, um, you know, or, or, um, I mean, you know, or whatever work permits didn't come through for people or you name it. There was always some kind of diversity, um, that, or, um, adverse adversity that we were experiencing. And what I learned is that you build that muscle, you build that resilience muscle, um, when you're faced with circumstances like that, and you have to figure it out and you have to get through it. Um, it's amazing how, um, how quickly you, you just kind of get into it, into that flow. You know, if you show up in an environment like that, you know, with, in a, with my, you know, my type A personality, <laughs> um, you know, wanting everything to go exactly according to plan and how, you know, I've got a plan and every, you know, I mean, you know, you're going to get thrown off that plan, you know, probably within 30 minutes of, you know, <laughs> of your feet hitting the ground and it's going to be that way for the rest of the time that you're there. And you couldn't, you couldn't survive. You could drive yourself crazy going, you know, three, four months at a time in that environment. Um, if you stayed rigid and stayed, um, you know, kind of um, trying to control your situation, there's so much that you can't control in an environment like that. And in many ways, you you have to kind of give yourself over to the circumstances in order to survive and in order to be um, useful in that situation. So that's another big lesson that I learned. Um, and I certainly take that back, you know, back to my clients when we're talking about, we're all facing a lot of adversity right now, um, in our businesses and just in our personal lives. And so that, you know, having built that muscle, having gotten through those really adverse, difficult times and proving to yourself, Hey, I can figure this out. I can get through this. Every time you do that, you build that muscle a little bit stronger and stronger so that you become all the more inflappable the next time something unexpected comes along. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Leadership skills are like any other skills. You need to practice them to get better at them. Best-selling leadership author John S. Rennie knows this. That's why he's written a new book called You Have the Watch. It's a guided journal for leaders designed to take you through an entire year of leadership training. By the end of the year, you will master 50 of the most important leadership skills. If you want to have a greater impact on the results and people in your organization, go to youhavethewatch.com and pick up your copy today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, my experiences are nothing like yours. I've never been to the African bush. I've never had to live like that. But I did I did spend uh, two years of my life under the ocean uh, on a submarine. Oh, and and um, as a, in a crew in a submarine, it's very similar. It's a shared, there's a shared responsibility and we yeah. had a shared vulnerability. So yeah. if we depended on each other to keep each other alive, right? So we all had different skill sets. We all had different, we had, but we were all important. Every single person in the organization was important for our success. And we all had different expertise. And we all came from all different parts of the country with all different backgrounds and all different religions right. and what have you. And we all came together and we locked in a metal tube for three months at a time. But we we had to take care of each other to be able to get, you know, to carry out our mission and get home safely. And it's, right. also, it's very much the very similar. similar experience you felt, which is this idea of, uh, you know, a shared responsibility. Everybody was responsible. Everybody was important. Everybody added value. And that um, and then you're all equally vulnerable. So you're all in it together. And, right. uh, and what I love about what you said, which was you face these tough situations and you build resilience, you build strength to, you to, to you know, what I learned and I've even written about in my books is that the, the tougher the times, the, the the more resilient we became for the next time. And so we just get tougher and tougher. And, and uh, so the tough times were good. It actually made us more cohesive as a group. And it sounds like it, it did with you as well. You, 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 when you face those tough times together with a team, then you build, you know, a tighter bond with your teammates. And, yeah. and it's hard to explain to people who have never been in a situation like that. But um, it sounds like you were definitely um, in a situation like that and got to experience that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I and I'm, I'm I mean, I and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's it's one of the most life changing perspective building valuable, you know, life lessons I could have had the opportunity to, you know, to experience and, um, and how lucky, you know, how lucky are we, you know, to, to be able to do those things. So, um, so yeah, huge, just hugely, um, valuable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see, I can see that. And I am sure. And that's what I was going to ask you. How is that affected? Like, you know, with Civilis, your, the, your consulting business now, what are the kind of problems that your, your customers are dealing with today? And then how, um, how are your, how's your unique experiences? How do you bring that to helping them work through the challenges that they are facing? What, what are some of the unique challenges they're facing? Maybe post pandemic, uh, great resignation. What are some of the things they're facing and, and how, how, how has your experience to help, um, you know, help guide them better than maybe before you had had that experience? Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, I think uh, you know many uh, many businesses, many business owners, um, and then even just you know employees right now. Um, you know, we're all going through this shared experience together. We're having this you know this pandemic um, that has disrupted our lives in so many ways. Um, you know, we I mean we've lost loved ones and um, and and friends, and we've we've. Um, you know, our way of life, we've lost our, 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 our way of life. We, in many ways, we've sort of lost our naivete about our, our, 
own physical, uh, you know, um, strength. You know, we're very vulnerable, obviously, to this virus. And I think that's that's taken people a, a while to really understand. So the the um, you know, we're we're facing together as a world, we're facing, you know, unprecedented, um, at least in our lifetime lifetimes, we're we're really facing this new foe that we've never had to um had to navigate before. So we've we've had this these losses, we've had um, you know, our eyes open in many ways. And I think we're all adjusting. Um, certainly businesses are adjusting, individuals are adjusting and figuring out um, you know, how to navigate in this new world with this, you know, with this foe present. So what that means is that we, you know, as a business, if you if you're a business owner or a business leader, um, you are, um, you know, you're faced with unprecedented situations. You're faced, you know, with whatever CDC guidelines and OSHA requirements yeah. and, you know, competing, you know, um, competing um, uh, directives about, you know, how to run your business now and how to, t- you know, how to benefit financially or how who, how to pay people. I mean, it just, I mean, the list is endless. And so, I think everybody is now trying to figure out how to navigate that. Um, and so what we do is, first of all, we, you know, we are this, this sort of voice of, of calm in the storm to say, hey, look, this is the, you know, that you are surviving, that you are still in business is a good thing. Um, that means that you're building these muscles. You're, get, you're learning, you and your team are learning how to come together and how to, um, you know, how to face these difficult situations and come out stronger on the other end. It takes work. It takes some coordination, but that's what we're here to do. We're, we're here, you know, here to help you do that. So that's really, I mean, in a real general way, that's what we do. Um, what we do more specifically, though, is we we help them understand, you know, uh, among other things, culture, um, w- what their culture really is. And um, when I talk about company culture, I, I, I think a lot of people think, oh, we have a culture, we've got a great culture, or we've got great, great values, they're painted there on the wall. And that's not what your culture is. And so we spend a lot of time working with our clients to understand their why, like, why did, why does this business exist? What is it here to do? And why is it doing this? And in the end, when we go through those exercises and kind of explore that and get really super deep about it, we understand that the reason that this business exists isn't to make a widget. It's not to make a lot of money. We exist and we endure because we have some kind of far-reaching impact mm-hmm. um, beyond what we're just what we you know what we may be selling today. And when we can get to that kernel, is when we understand what our culture is and then we can articulate it then we can communicate it then we can understand what behaviors embody that culture we can hire for those behaviors we can reinforce for those behaviors we can start to all understand what our culture really is and what it what it really looks like what it feels like what it tastes like um, and that is far more than what most companies think about when they when they talk about their culture. So um, so that's that's how we help our clients 
you know, we start there. We start to understand you all have a culture, a business. I mean, the, the business was built by somebody. It was envisioned by a person um, or a team of people. And it was started for a reason. Um, it may lose its way along the, you know, along the way, or it may, you know, kind of that, that message or that, that why might get a little bit, you know, messy over the years, but we go through these exercises to really understand what it is that, um, you know, that, that brought you here and got you here. And, um, and when we do that, that is then what we can build on. And that's what creates this really cohesive team, what gets everybody rallied around this greater impact. And that's how we, that's how we help them. No, it, it, it's re- really interesting because it ties right back to your work in Africa because I, and, and even my time on, on a submarine, the shared purpose was clear, right? When you, when you, when you talk about conservation organization, the shared purpose was clear, right? To, yeah. to make sure that you can conserve these wild spaces and these, these, these uh, animals, right? With, yeah. with a submarine, the shared purpose was clear, right? Con- conduct the mission, you know, protect the nation, get home safe, right? We, we all live that shared purpose. And I think sometimes, and you probably felt this in your corporate life, I certainly felt it's is sometimes we lose our way. Like, I don't really know what our shared purpose is. You know, uh, QA is doing this thing, engineering is doing this thing, production is doing this thing, sales doing this thing. I'm in the middle of somewhere. I'm a, I'm a cog in the wheel. I don't really know what the shared purpose is. Yeah. And, you know, people want to belong to organizations that are making a difference and that they, and and they and that they're they're impacting their world in a positive way especially the younger you know younger employees they want to feel like they're they're making a difference they're saving animals they're 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 protecting the country right that's a shared purpose that they can they can get up in the morning and do so i think it's really important that leaders define what is the shared purpose what is our why why are we here what is the shared purpose it's not just like you said, it's not the sign in the lobby. It's not the dusty binder in the bookshelf, and it, you know. But it's 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 what are we living and and how are we communicating that? I think it's really really important. And I think it as you as you talk about too, it it's a competitive advantage, right? If you if you know your shared purpose and you, and you have an, a group of employees living that shared purpose, it's it can be a competitive advantage, right? Because especially too in a marketplace where there's a lot of you know, where there's, where you've got a lot of competition. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a, um, you know, if you're a, uh, I have a, one of my clients is a pest control company, right? I mean, they're exterminators. I mean, you know, they're, the, you know, they're kind of a dime a dozen, you know, they're, you know, there's, there's hundreds right. of them in the phone book. So what, you know, how do you stand out, right? Whether it's to attract customers or employees, how do you, you know, how do you take a pest control company and talk about how, you know, how they're having an impact? And, you know, as an example, that's one of the things that we've done is we've, we've, you know, we don't invent this for them. I mean, it's our job to kind of tease it out, right? I mean, it's already there. It's already at the core. It's our job to just kind of get it out and articulate it and get it, you know, announce it to the world. But it's absolutely a competitive advantage Um, when you're, again, when you're trying to hire people or attract customers. And when you've got a competitive advantage, guess what? You can, you don't have to pay people, 
you know, the most of, you know, everybody in the market, you can, you can pay them certainly a fair wage, but they, they're there for other reasons. Now they're not there just to collect the paycheck and guess what? They'll stay longer. They want, you know, they'll feel like they're part of something bigger. That's all worth something. Um, You know, you can, and you get to, you know, uh, uh, charge customers more for that, you know, for that extra fabulous thing that you're providing to them that your competitors aren't providing. So yeah, absolutely competitive. I think of uh, the great example of that is Starbucks, right? So see, people think, well, Starbucks is a coffee company. Well, it's not. And their share purpose, I just looked it up because I, I wanted to remember, I couldn't remember it exactly, but it says our mission is to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. At a time. That's their share purpose. That's yeah. why Starbucks is a unique and different place than your normal you know, Dunkin' Donuts coffee shop or a Tim Hortons or wherever else you go to get your coffee, right? It's, right. it's a special place. It's the third place, right? It's home, it's business, it's it's Starbucks. It's the third place people can go. And and the employees believe in that shared purpose of creating this, this nurturing uh, the human the human spirit. And I think even a even an extermination company can have a shared vision because if it wasn't for them, right? Um, yeah, you'd have bugs running amok, right? We can't have that. So there's yeah. a there's an important world purpose for even an extermination company. You know? Yeah, I mean, we talk about that a lot. I mean, they, you know, I mean, they, I mean, they make people's lives, ha- you know, happier and healthier. Um, I mean, in the, you know, at the end of the day, literally that's what they do. They make, they help babies sleep better at night. They help, you know, they help, um, you know, people feel, you know, have peace of mind about their property that, you know, their home that they invested everything that they, you know, that they have in their home. I mean, those are things that, you know, when you tie, you know, again, you're not just performing a service. You're not just, you know, killing some bugs today. You're actually showing up and you're doing it. You're, you're understanding that the person on the other end of the phone, when they call the person on the other side of the door, when you arrive is in distress and we're here to help you, help you, you know, take that stress away, take that, you know, distress away and help you literally sleep better tonight. So that's a very different point of view. And when that then starts to pervade how you position the company, um, again, to customers, how you position the company to employees. Um, you again, you you hire differently. You look for different skill sets in those folks. You look for different, you know, um, you know. We, it, there's a whole uh, um, part of you know one of their values is empathy, and that you know we look for for people when we're hiring. Um, you know, individuals to bring onto the team. We're looking for people who are naturally empathetic because they have to. They just have to understand that the person on the other side of the door is in distress. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It, it, it permeates. Once you have that shared uh, purpose, then everything kind of revolves around that. How you hire, um, what you feel is important, how you reinforce your your goals. Um, it all revolves around that shared purpose. Are we doing what we say we're going to do? you know, do. And I think the other end of it too, you know, my first factory I ran at 32 years old and my employees had no idea what we even made. They made widgets. They had no idea that what, and and so we taught them that what the work that we were doing was keeping the lights on. We made circuit breakers that kept the lights on. And once we defined that our job was to keep the lights on, 
there was almost like a sense of pride with everybody. Like, oh, you know, they would tell their families, like I, because I tell them like, you, you know, hospitals rely on us, you know, schools, yes. rely on us, shopping malls, uh, supermarkets. And, you know, suddenly they're like, oh, wow, I'm doing something really important. And it just changed their view of their jobs. And it wasn't just a, I, I plate apart or I machine apart or I, I lubricate apart. They're, I'm making a product that keeps the lights on. And it, it, it just a shift. It was a, it was a shift. Uh, when that happened and I could see it. So once you build that share purpose, everything revolves around it. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's so true. It's And it's great that we, you know, that we've had similar experiences like that and seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, our time is up and I want oh to give to to, uh, to uh, talk a little bit. So how can people find out about your company and, and you more if they have more questions or want to dive a little deeper on this topic? Yeah, definitely. So my um, our website is civilisconsulting.com. It's C-I-V-I-L-I-S consulting.com. There's more information there. Of course, you know, feel free to, um, you know, there's contact information there and feel free to, to you know, to reach out that way. Um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. If you just Google LinkedIn Kim Troy, I'm per, I'll, I'll come right up and I'm easy to find there. And you can also find us um, on Facebook. Civilist Consulting. Okay. Well, great. We're going to put links in the show notes for those resources. And again, Kim, this has been great. This has been exciting to have you come on here. I didn't really expect that this conversation would revolve that we had very similar experiences being on a submarine and being in the African bush. Don't They don't seem common at all, but yet a lot of the lessons you learned are some things that I learned uh, in my career as well. So Kim, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing uh, your unique perspective. I loved it. Me too. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Uh, If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.